Follow Mixnet Cases. This is Nick Jess. And today's episode is going to be a page turner. With me, as always... Turn to page 36 to hear the introduction of Hi, I'm Tech! And our good friend... Choose your own adventure with Sonorous Vox. Oh, there you go. Uh, today we're going to be talking about graphic novels, but specifically, are graphic novels literature? A lot of times, people will... Um, kind of turn their nose down on graphic novels and think of it as not real reading, but it's a comic book. Yes. And, and we'll talk a little bit about the difference between comic book and graphic novels. And uh, we're going to blur the lines here a little bit on there, but are graphic novels literature and um, how do they compare? So uh, just let's start a little bit with blurring those lines. What's the difference between a comic book and a graphic novel? To me, a graphic novel is telling a whole story from beginning to end. Comic books are segmented, they're episodic, and they're continuous. And many times a comic run can be turned into a graphic novel. So it's a little nebulous as to what is what. Most of the graphic novels that we have on our shelves in this house are in fact compilations of, mm -hmm. like you said, runs of comic books. Comic books are... I forget the number of pages, but they're all specifically, you know, 20 something pages. They're all in a certain size and format. Mm -hmm. And uh, a graphic novel allows you to play with that a little bit more and be a little bit freer. So you black and white. Do you want it colored? Do you want it bigger, shorter, longer, stronger? What, Do you want it? What dimensions is it yeah, going to be? Yeah. Exactly. Hardcover, softcover. Yeah, exactly. Also, You're not limited uh, to the format. You could just also it, it, it uh, allows you to take. Uh, different runs of comics and meld them together because there's a greater story arc usually going on uh, in the in the in a run of comic. Well, from just one title, you're not going to get the whole picture, but right. in the graphic novel, you bring everything together in a very digestible format. Right? Kind so. of like Crisis of Infinite Earths. Yes, it was in lots of different comic yeah. series, but then it is put together as one compilation in a graphic novel. Right. Um, and you'll also. Uh, and not just in comic book graphic novels, but, you know, there are other artists that, you know, there are artists that will release their work in graphic novel form as like, like a long form. So I'm thinking of things like, you know, Mouse, mm -hmm. where it was released as a 200 and something page book. Uh, it was not cut up into comics as far as I know, but, you know, yeah. tells an entire story by itself uh, in its in its book. Yeah, and sometimes the graphic, like you said, the graphic novel, it is intended to be that one issue. Um, there are also graphic novel versions of other uh, books. For instance, um, a lot of classic fiction, There, people have adapted them and turned them into graphic novels. Um, one of the series that the three of us really enjoyed was the Song of Ice and Fire series. And um, there was a graphic novel that was a tie-in to that, which Dunkin were the, egg. the Duncan Egg Tales, mm -hmm. all based on short stories that George R. R. Martin had written. But then when the, ser the the TV show came out, they started putting out the actual books into uh, comic book and graphic novel versions as well. Um, so sometimes you'll see even the original author is putting out graphic novel versions of their prose. And this is... Um this is one of those things where, you know, is it literature? And that all depends on how you want to define it because is an encyclopedia literature? Um, you know, what about something nonfiction? Is Wikipedia literature? I mean, if we, if you want to start blurring lines and definitions, it becomes very, very hard because I look at uh, a graphic novel as a completely different art, as a different uh, medium of art. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not 
a book. Right. It's, it happens to have paper pages and you happen to turn them to read the page. Yeah, I know that, but it uses a completely different style to get the message across. You know, uh, the old phrase, a picture, a picture tells a thousand words. You know, a really good example of this, you know, we're just talking about George Martin. George Martin loves to go on for 30 pages describing the colors and banners of every single knight who went to a jousting tournament. And 40 pages later, that, that you know, 100 pages later, that information is irrelevant because that one knight with that one banner is now part of the story. Or describing every dish in a meal because one of them was poisoned, you now have to figure out which one it was. You know, things like that. He mm -hmm. loves putting in that detail. An artist can do that in one page. You yeah. don't need to yeah. spend 20 minutes reading the description of all the food at the banquet. An artist can spend, you know, hours drawing it. And then you look at the page and you get a view of everything that's on that banquet in one page. And that is a completely different medium. That's something completely different and is a different art form. So being able to take something as, let's call it dense, as a Game of Thrones and make it into a graphic novel and tell a story in 30 pages, not a thousand or 7,000 and not take 20 years to write it that with an artist, you can bash this thing and you can tell a story that's as good or better in a different medium. That's to me, the appeal of graphic novels is that they allow you to do different types of storytelling. And so you're also hitting on something that, um, I was going to get to is, is, uh, graphic novels are a way of creating accessibility for stories yeah. because, uh, there are, um, there are people that just don't have either. They don't have the time. They don't have the, they don't have the, uh, bandwidth mentally to process large novels. I'm at, I'm at a point in my life right now where even novels I've read before, fairly like small digestible novels mm -hmm. take way too long for me to read because I have five, 10 minutes of attention for a span for that kind of processing right now. Whereas a graphic novel, I could power through that whole thing in a day and be done with it. And I still I, get the same value or a similar value from it, right? So, yeah. so um, there's a lot of things I want to respond to. So one of the things that I definitely want to respond to is, to me, graphic novels are a gateway drug to reading, um, mm -hmm. especially for uh, people that they never found that love of reading. They never wanted to just pick up a book and start reading. That was not their... That was not their interest. They didn't get into it. And, you know, there's no judgment. There's some people, they just don't like to read. But a graphic novel is less pressure, less stress. You're not looking at all of these words on a page. If you have learning differences where just looking at a page, the words are jumbling or the lines are jumbling or it's hard to follow along, a graphic novel makes it much easier because you've got each panel you have speech bubbles, you have thought bubbles, you have the the voiceover text. It is separating out what is going on and it's much easier to process for some people with learning differences. If you're just a reluctant reader, it's a great way to get in and you start reading these stories and that is that gateway drug into other books. Um, the other thing is, I, I remember going to quite a few panels and having this brought up at conventions of what is literature. You know, if you go to a bookstore, there are all these different sections. You'll find the self-help section, the nonfiction section, the science fiction, fantasy, and then literature. And that always kind of bothers me because why is science fiction and fantasy not in literature? Why is nonfiction not in literature? 
So if we look at what is literature, act, you know, what is yeah. the definition of literature? Bookstores do not get to decide what is literature. Um, I'm, I'm Snobs going, seem to decide so, what is yes, literature. Yeah. And I'm going to be super snobby by going to the Oxford English Dictionary here. And literature, not even, not even Webster's, just jumping right no, over no, Miriam. No, none Arnold, of that. Right that guy, like, I need to get rid of all the U's guy. No, because that's Webster. Webster got rid of all the U's. Um, literature, uh, according to Oxford, is are pieces of writing that are valued as works of art, especially novels, plays, and poems. In contrast to technical books and newspapers and magazines, etc. Try to argue with me that Neil Gaiman's Sandman is not art. Exactly. Well, like, <laughs> you know, the, 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 when we're talking about literature, there's children's literature, there's literature, there's great works of literature that we talk about, but bookstores w- will keep so much of what is literature out of the literature section. So I want to make sure that I make it clear that to me, literature is something that has value it is an artistic value there it's it's yeah. it's there is a big difference between and and I don't mean to be judgy on anyone I'm not yucking anyone's yum but there is a big difference between say babysitters club and the hobbit if you ever get around to doing your episode that you want to do with the librarians, yeah, I just came up with an idea for a game you could play. Okay, is it literature? No, no, no. it's take books, like cross-genre mm-hmm. books and it's like where does it go in the bookstore? Yes. Like, what section mm. do you put it? Like, not Dewey Decimal, but yeah. what section? So, example, Slaughterhouse Five. Is that is that literature? Is that historical? Is that science fiction? Is it political commentary? Is, is it political mm-hmm. commentary? Is yeah. it all of them? You know. Yes. So, the answer is yes. And, and you, you talk about going to conventions and seeing, you know, science fiction and fantasy and bookstores doing this, separating science fiction and fantasy and literature. There's a one word answer as to why that is separate. It's gatekeeping. Yes. Yes. It is entirely gatekeeping. It's people having to feel superior about their form of entertainment or their form of art to others. It's the same, it's the same type of people that will say, and okay, maybe I'm a little bit guilty of this too, but they will, they will go to a museum and go, why is that giant white panel up there considered art? It's got one red line. Yeah. Right. That it's maybe I don't understand the perspective of it, but it doesn't mean it's not art. We it's, just, uh, we right, just like went to the, we just went to the National Art Gallery mm-hmm. and had this conversation not that long ago where we walked into a room and it was four blue stripes on the wall and then Re- four blue, alternating blue and red stripes mm-hmm. going up a 20 foot wall going, I don't get it. I, I don't understand its inclusion here. It's obviously somebody considers it art and considers it nationally important, but I, I'm just going to have to wrestle with my confusion for a bit. Yeah. And, and for the longest time, like, you know, sometimes there's, there's art where you're like, I don't get it. You know, you're seeing pictures of it and then you get there and you see it in person and you go, Oh, now I get it. You know, and there's, there's definitely that it's your experience will definitely, um, influence how and, much you get it of it. But yeah. also I should not even. I have an art degree. I have a bachelor of, of arts in art and design. Okay. Like this is my field. I should not be the judge of what is art for you. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge thing. Like, um, one of the things that I've often said is when you create art, as soon as you release it to the world, you no longer own it. I mean, 
I own the copyright. Okay. Let's not get pedantic here, but I don't own the interpretation. If you, if I paint something, what's going on in my head does not matter when you're looking at it because Mm -hmm. what, what you feel and what you experience when looking at it, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And there are people that will gatekeep and say, that's not what that poem's about. That's not Mm -hmm. what that song's about. That's not what that art piece means. It's like, well, yes, it did. It does to that person. Interpretation is a big part of what makes art art. Yeah. Our, our perspectives are all informed by different factors. Uh, the color blue to you is different to me Mm -hmm. in on fundamental levels because of interpretation, because of experience, because of association with past history, things like that. Uh, visual um, acuity and in differentiating and, color. Yeah. And I think the one of the, the one of the worst kind of things you can do and in in the art world, I think I have an example of what I consider to be one of the the poorest forms of create of creator. Uh it's the the man who created the Chicago Bean. Oh, um, I can, I that man, I cannot recall his name off the top of my head, but that man literally had the city of Chicago put civic ordinances in place as to who could photograph. His name is who could Kapoor, hang but we yes. hate him and we don't want to yes. advertise him. Yeah. So he had, he put all these restrictions. He had laws put in place yeah. about how you were allowed to process his art. That is the yeah. antithesis of what art is supposed to be for. Art is supposed to evoke emotion. It's supposed to evoke thought. And it's the same with literature, with literature versus, versus not what people don't consider literature. Personally, I consider comic books the most basic form of comic books are still literature to me. Mm-hmm. The funny pages. Yeah. When you collect together all of family circus, it tells a, a vast story of a family's life. It doesn't mean that it's, but you can't look at it and go, Oh, that's just the funny pages because that's dismissive. That's regressive. It, it's tearing away from what art or what art and the literature and things should be right. What, and, what and, this and, form should be. And it all goes back to this, this classification thing that we do, like you said, when we are gatekeepers. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it at a, at a, at a minor level, but some people get really over the top with it that I don't like it. And therefore, because I don't like it, I'm going to tear it down so no one else likes it. So, oh, that's not a real book. That's a comic book. Or yeah. even then, even inside comics, it's like, oh, that's a comic book. But it's DC, not Marvel. So oh, therefore well, yeah. it can't be good. Or, oh, it was drawn by that guy. That guy doesn't know how to draw feet. So his comic books suck and they're not good. Nah, nah, nah. That guy puts way too many pockets on his characters way that don't make any pockets. sense and their spines are all cracking. I mean, so there's that, it's, um, I've got, I've got good examples too of people that are like there, there was a, um, uh, someone I worked with years ago who was a, uh, he did his, his, uh, masters on, uh, in literature on James Joyce, studied mm-hmm. James Joyce, knew all of these crazy little details and everything. And he was enthusiastic to share them, but he would never diminish anybody for their joy in something else. And that's like, love what you love, love and be, be as, as in the weeds about it as possible. But if someone else loves something, who are, who are you to say it's not valuable? Right. And that's, yeah. And, but if I can, um, selective gatekeeping hmm? is okay if it's a sel- gatekeeping Anish Kapoor. Just saying, Stuart I mean, Semple. Okay. Look, is, look up the Stuart Semple Anish Kapoor thing. There's, and there's, I, I yeah. just had to move on from there. Yeah. There's a difference between gatekeeping 
and calling someone out for being an awful person. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm looking, what I'm talking about, look up Stuart Semple versus Anish Kapoor. And it is amazing. And And that is art (laughs) in itself. Um, But yeah, it it really is. It's gatekeeping and people like to look down on things and they definitely like to look down on graphic novels and comics. And I have in my day job, I'm, I'm constantly working with educators and I get a lot of educators. It's not as bad as it used to be. I will tell you that when I started, it was, I would have to do, have this conversation every time we talked about graphic novels. I would have to go into under my soapbox and explain things. Um, lately, a lot of educators are excited that I am providing graphic novels to their students and that because that is giving their students variety. But one of the big things is all reading is reading. If I'm reading a comic book, it's reading. If I'm reading a graphic novel, it's reading. If I'm reading a book, if I'm listening to a book, it is all reading. We've done studies and I say we, um, the company I work for has done studies where they've taken readers and they had them only listen to a book. They had them only read the book and then they had them read and listen to the book at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then they gave them comprehension tests afterwards. And what they found is that the comprehension for both reading alone or listening alone, they scored exactly the same. It was the same level of comprehension. Students that listened and read at the same time had an increase in comprehension. And then they took that and they started looking at it as over time. And they did like month long studies. And when it came to growth and different literacy skills, they saw the same thing. If you're just listening or you're just reading, it's pretty much the same. The differences are negligible based on the sample size, you know, some a little higher, some a little lower, but generally looking at that population you have the same growth. And the only thing that makes a difference is if you're listening and reading at the same time. So listening is reading. The other thing I have often said is, are you going to tell me that a person who is visually impaired and cannot read, you know, they can't see the words to read. Are you telling me that they're illiterate, that they can never read? No, you would say, well, there's audiobooks and there's Braille. Well, Braille is a whole other language. Braille is a whole other medium. I'm not reading with my eyes in Braille, I'm, that's a tactile experience. So that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. All of this counts as reading. So that's, that's my one soapbox. My other soapbox is I always tell them that people, students that read graphic novels read, f- learn 54% more new words than students who only read books because there's going to be different language that are in graphic novels. Just like, and we know this, we have lots of studies that show that you can't just read fiction, you have to read nonfiction. There has to be a mix. That there are words and different vocabulary and ways that words work together um, in fiction and nonfiction that certain things will only show up in nonfiction, certain things will only show up in fiction. And so it's the same thing. We need that variety. We need that um, informative reading as well as the, you know, the fiction, as well as the graphic novels, like you need that variety. And that's only going to make somebody a stronger reader. So when somebody says it's not real reading, I get super, super angry. And the soapbox just appears and suddenly I'm two feet taller than I was before because I can't shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, you, you talked about um, something that stuck with me as you talked about 
how Braille is a whole other language. And then we can get into a further nuance that there are so many literary traditions that are oral traditions. Yeah. There is no writing whatsoever to them, yet masterful story, masterful storytelling that has passed generations. It is passed through. There are traditions that will never write down the knowledge that they are passing, yet through story, they convey history, they convey morality, they convey, um, all of these, all of these things, these lessons that can be learned from them. And so are we to say that's not literature? Because it doesn't, because it doesn't, it's, it still employs words and it's words that create an enduring lesson, right? So if, yeah. yeah. No. And, uh, you know, I remember being in high school and, uh, in English class, we would have, you know, set aside, you know, reading periods and there was a very strict list of what you were allowed to read. Um, and it was, I remember it was no comic books, no nonfiction, no magazines, um, uh, nothing with pictures and, you know, it went on and on and on because, and our teacher would, uh, would loudly say, because that isn't reading. A magazine isn't reading. And you guys can't see this, but Nutty is getting very, very angry at this, you know. Because a, I don't have to put on my mask and yeah. listen mm-hmm. to it because yeah. I have heard this from some teachers. But this whole thing of like, that's but, not reading. Yeah. Of course it is. Well, and yeah, there, there's a part of me that would love to, to address that with the teacher at the moment and go, um, I'm sorry. Can can you, I I I don't know what this says. And when they read it, the, they read it. They tell me and go, "How did you get that information? Yeah. Did you read it? Did you read you know? it? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. You know, video games. There's a lot of reading that you have to do in video games, and you have to do it fast. Mm-hmm. Like, trust me. There's a lot of reading that goes on in video games, whether you want to accept it or not. Um, but an- another thing. Uh, to expand a little bit more on the, on the graphic novel thing is that a graphic novel allows me to tell different stories than I could tell uh, on uh, on a written page. Not that it's impossible, and yeah. uh, just that I can tell different stories in a different way. Mm-hmm. So one of them is things with anthropomorphic animals that I can tell stories where I can relate information about my characters and the relationship between my characters by making them people animal things. Things like Mouse Guard, where they're not fighting, they're little mice, they're little mouse knights, and they're fighting cats instead of fighting dragons. Or, you know, the story Mouse, which is a very tragic story about survivors of the Holocaust. But instead of being people, it's cats and mice done as a you know as a metaphor uh cat shit one which is a a japanese book about uh the vietnam war and i just read about how they came up with the animals for the different races because they're all puns and they're all horrible jokes so the americans are rabbits the vietnamese are cats you know and they, they tell the story of um of vietnam through the lens of these animals that are carrying guns in the vietnam war but they're so cute but the Americans are rabbits because the phrase USAGI spells Usagi in Japanese, which means rabbit. So I, re- I, I don't know. I'm yeah, in love with yeah. the book even more now. Yeah. Um, but it allows you to tell stories and, you know, expand on a metaphor and expand on an idea. Like I want to show the predatory relationship between the attackers and the defenders. Well, I'll make them cats and dogs or I'll make them cats and mice to help you understand that and sort of expand my message. That's not impossible to do on the written page. You know, um, Animal Farm 
immediately comes to mind. Watership Down. Watership the Down. Um, uh, Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, th- there's hundreds of examples. It's not impossible to do mm-hmm. on the written page, but mm-hmm. it can be done when done graphically, can be done well, and can mm-hmm. be it can be a lot of fun. Um, another thing, and I'm not going to talk too much about this, is uh, things of an adult nature um, that you can do erotica in the visual form uh, differently than you can on the page. And you can talk about different things and tell different kinds of stories, not just pure smut. I, smut exists too. I, I, I'm not. I'm not debating that, and and is wonderful. But you can tell erotic stories differently when you're drawing the pictures of the people, as opposed to uh, just describing it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm not saying. I'm saying that it allows you to tell a story differently. And it's it's a different medium. Like you're mm-hmm. evoking something different. I'm, I'm going to go back to the George R. R. Martin thing. Um, you know, for the banners, everybody's banners and shields, a graphic novel might be a better format for that. But for me, all of the food, I want to read all those descriptions. Yeah. I want to hear how that, that, that those lemon cakes taste, how the, the suckling pig tastes, you know, I want to read all of those descriptions, but there are times when the visual is that is part of the story that it's not just, oh, I'm just putting in a picture of what I wanted to tell. It, it, it becomes part of the art form and the artist and the the writer of the graphic novel and the artist. It is a partnership that not everyone can do, you know, and and when it works, it works. Um, you mentioned Mouse. That is a uh, Art Spiegelman yep. telling his family's story through the Holocaust. Um, it was... Was it a year ago or two years ago? Uh, banned by a school board for nudity. And yeah, one, there's one tiny panel on one page. It was, a, it looks like a C with a dot. Like, yeah, that's it, it was, that's, a, it was a boob. It was a, it was a topless mouse girl in one it tiny panel. It wasn't even a mouse. It was actually a human. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. It was a human. It is every now and then throughout the story of these mice. Um, he's sharing what he experienced with his parents, you know, uh, what different experiences. And there are little flashbacks kind of a thing. And one of them is discovering as a child, discovering mom in the tub after she committed suicide. Mm. They are upset by the impression of a breast on one panel and not of a child that is discovered that the mother has committed suicide because she's still living the horrors of the Holocaust or any of the other things yeah. that are happening in the book, or at least that's what they said. It's, I read the transcripts of the whole uh, uh, school board meeting. Uh, that was people wanting to protect um, Nazi imagery. But here's the thing. Uh, it is an amazing book, and I reread it because of that, which I highly recommend everybody well, one reading mouse, but anytime you hear that somebody's challenging a book, read that book and, and, and let your mind be expanded by what they're afraid of. Um, that's mm-hmm. just my little thing. Uh, but like you said, we, he was able to tackle that really difficult topic of the Holocaust, of, uh, that trauma that, that carries through and, and you can't escape because he did it in this f- format. It would not have been, as successful. Um, there's another, uh, graphic novel, another, um, 
uh, family history sort of a thing, a memoir that I read recently. Uh, it's not a recent book. It's called Fun Home. It's um, Alison Bedshell. And it's going through her childhood, but also upon learning uh, about her father's death and learning that her father was gay and all of these other things and repression and just a really interesting uh, book. But she was an artist first. She was an artist and then started writing comics. And she then was able to tell her story in this format. And it's not something that I think she could have done in another medium. Um, the way that she conveyed it using that graphic tale was really approachable. Um, so I just think that sometimes these are ways that we can tackle certain topics and we can tell these stories in ways that maybe would feel inauthentic or maybe we couldn't get the story across because certain things are too difficult, um, just too much. Uh, mm-hmm. There's another uh, graphic novel that I read. It's, um, oh, it's George Takei's one about his internment camp one. I'll, it'll come to me. But that's also another really good one. Is it Alliance? Is it Alliance or is that the play? I, I'm not sure. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, I'm blanking. Um, no, I can... Uh, there's a lot of graphic they novels. They called us enemy. That's it. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of graphic novels out there. A lot of them are not based on comic books. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are their own uh, the, the, their own art styles. Their own uh, you know it's somebody wants to tell a story, not necessarily like a pulp comic compilation. But a lot of the ones that we do collect are pulp comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compilations. I want to talk about those for a little bit. So the idea, well, one thing that I really, really like about collecting those graphic novels is, uh, one, I'm lazy and I don't really feel like going to my comic store every month to get the new edition of Batman, especially when they get on a really good run. And the thing is, a lot of those are really hard to find. And if everybody finds out that, oh, Neil Gaiman's writing a Batman story or, hey, there's this really cool, uh, it's the death of Superman, uh, there's going to be those, those guys that are, go- and they're guys, and I'm, they're guys that are going to be at the comic store at five in the morning with a tent there on the sidewalk to buy all 48 issues of them because this is going to put my kids through college <laughs> and none of us get an issue because that guy got it. Well, you know what? I don't care. I'll wait six months. I'll buy the graphic novel because I'm not collecting it. It's not putting my kids through college, but I just want to read the gosh darn compilation when it finally comes out. So yeah. And it allows the comic, it allows the comic artists to sort of, uh, I really like the idea that, Hey, we're going to riff on the characters for a bit. Hey, what if we did a story where uh, uh, instead of landing in America, what if Superman landed in, in Soviet Russia mm-hmm. and became known as the Red Sun? What if we did a story where Xavier died? Who leads the X-Men now? What if we did a story uh, about Spider-Man in the future of 2099? Um, and they run with it for a little bit. And then collect the compilation and sort of read them all. And I love those because the what ifs are the, the what ifs and the little expansions are just so much gosh darn fun. Yeah. And you, you, you talk about like these graphic novels that come from uh, the comic books that are, I'm still going to say, you know, there's, there's art for many of the comics. I'm not saying that, you know, Marvel DC, they can't make art. Um, but when I'm talking about, when I'm thinking about graphic novels as literature, I am thinking of the killing joke. Mm-hmm. I am thinking of Dark Knight Returns. Um, Arkham. Arkham is a really good one. That is definitely there. 
uh, when we think about this, uh, it, this was not a comic book, but it is still in that superhero kind of idea the the Watchmen. The Watchmen mm-hmm. is a big one everybody is talking about, right? Um, and I'll even throw up the Harleen Quinzel graphic novels by Stephen Stebchik. Oh, Harleen. Yeah, Harleen. Yeah. Um, those are just amazing. Um, and I would still consider those to be literature. Absolutely. Um, now, does that mean every graphic novel is going to be literature? No, there's a lot of them that I haven't read that some people will definitely hold up there. And I can't tell you if they're literature or not, but I'm sure the readers of, of it will be able to give you that idea. Um, you know, is Johnny the Hot Homicidal Maniac literature? I don't know. I liked it. Oh, <laughs> oh, by Yonan Vasquez. That's such a good book, though. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you what, what I, I can say is that is kind of of that same kind of feel or era is the max. I think the max is the max. The graphic novel is definitely literature. Um, Ghost in the shell. Ghost in the shell. Absolutely. Um, you know, so these are, these are those kinds of things. And you're just going through everything on my shelf. <laughs> I, I have a whole list of things that aren't on our shelves, by the way. <laughs> Death Note and, and Scott Pilgrim and Ghost World and Saga and Sandman and Walking Dead and Sin City and Preacher and 300 and all these things that people listening to this right now are like, Oh my God, how did you not mention that? It's because yeah. I haven't read them all. I'll tell you that right now. And we could do an entire other episode and, oh, no, wait, we have to talk about it now and go on forever and talk about manga without Jason being here. (laughs) We have to do a manga episode without Jason. Oh, that'd be fantastic. But manga. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, that's where... Is manga literature? Some of it. Some of it? Is some of it trash? Oh, yeah. Is some of it literate trash? Oh, yes. And and, um, Vox was saying earlier about comic strips being mm-hmm. literature yeah. i mean new yorker comics the adams family comics um the the even pieces of the far side you know like yeah. there there are specific comic strips not just like that one particular brand what, what of if, comic what if, but you know what if i told you that there was an amazing an amazing story that went on for over it was written over the period of over 10 years about what it's uh, about the universal struggle of being a young child growing up and the struggles that we encounter both internal and external to our uh, to our world what if i told you that's calvin and hobbes okay it's a comic strip about a kid with an imaginary tiger that lives in his head but if you re- but when you read that strip that's all of us and the struggles yeah. that we all went mm-hmm. through growing up and um so somebody's gonna turn down their nose, look down their nose at me, and tell me that that's not reading and that's not literature. No, don't. So do that. Uh, uh, I said earlier that comics and graphic novels are the gateway to reading. Um, I'm also going to theorize that comic strips and the funnies, the funny pages, are a gateway to reading the news. Uh, and and uh, yep. Uh, for me, it was Garfield comics. Yeah, I would get those uh, when we get the when we got the Scholastic catalog. This is not an ad for Scholastic. When we would get the the catalog in school, uh, the the one thing that I would always try to buy every year is I always wanted the Garfield compilation. Nice that in the Guinness Book of Records because I mm-hmm. I don't know why I just memorized that. So I saw somebody uh, mention the idea of book fairs for adults, and you hosted it like a library or something or. Um, or at a bar or whatever. And it's just like the book fairs that you remember as a kid. Only now you have money and you can yep. buy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it's 
and there's going to be drinks served and nachos and noms and all this other good stuff. But you're buying for the kids at your local school or your library yeah. or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how much fun would that be? Where's the banned book section? I'm buying all of those. All of them. Give me mm-hmm. all the banned all books. All of those. Yes, absolutely. And extra copies of Blood and Honey for all the kids. Oh, <laughs> so it's and then then there are some things that are, you know, let's talk about the opposite. There are some things I don't want to see in a graphic novel. There are mm-hmm. some things that were horrifying enough to visualize in my mind's eye, you know, um, like a clockwork orange. Oh, I don't need to see. That I don't need to see a graphic novel, novel of a Clockwork Orange. No, as you were explaining this, all I could think is like, what, like the sex talk? Because I definitely got that as a graphic novel as a kid. Like it wasn't considered a graphic novel, but it was completely illustrated. I had it as a pop up book. Yours was a pop up book. Legit. <laughs> Did it? Legit. It unfolded. You Did, open. Could up you the... move things? Yes. Oh. Oh yes. I need to find this book. It has to be at your parents' house it somewhere. It must be on the shelf somewhere. Oh my gosh, I need to find this. It is yeah, it's the facts of life pop-up book. So my illustrated book is one that um not a lot of my peers had, but because I had siblings that were uh born in the sixties and the seventies, um and actually the eighties too. But uh uh yeah, we all uh we all had that book. Um and I'm not going to go any further. If you're listening and you know what book I'm talking about, yes, I'm talking about that one. <laughs> yeah, you're too young there, Vox. You're too young. Everyone poops but you? <laughs> nobody nobody poops but you? <laughs> yeah, it's you're nobody a, you're poops but you. You're a naughty child, and that's concentrated evil coming out the Oh, my of you. gosh. Okay, this is amazing. Can I mention the name of this one? Yeah, go ahead. I, I want to get it. It's actually kind of beautiful. Yeah, the like book is called the, fact, the Facts of Life by Jonathan Miller. It is a... It is a book about the facts of life. It's the birds and bees, but it's a pop-up book where this is an ovary. This is a, you oh, know, this is how the baby comes through the pelvis. The, yep. Absolutely. Oh, that is amazing. That is wild. I want to get that. I do. I want to get that. That is so cool. Um, no, mine was, uh, more about the feelings that you're having and that it's okay. And all of those things. Um, so, yeah, since we're talking about these uncomfortable things, I'm going to push us into graphic novels. A lot of times people think of them as very adult. You know, these are adult comics, right? Or some people do. I mean, the first graphic novels were definitely more of an adult nature. Um, You know, graphic novels, comic books have been around for a while, but graphic novels really started to flourish and started to come out in the seventies. So, you know, there's still, it's still a very new medium. And some of the big ones that came out were, you know, the dark Knight returns, the watchman, uh, mouse, which I think is good. YA actually, I think that's fine mm-hmm. for YA. Um, but there is, you know, younger grade, you know, that middle grade and even lower grade, um, graphic novels. We got a really good collection for, uh, one of the nibblings and that's the bone series. The Bone series is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Neil Gaiman has uh the Coraline series. You know, there is the um and uh, the graveyard. Uh there's a lot of really good literature, children's literature in graphic novel form. So this is not exclusive to superheroes. It is not exclusive to adult memoirs that um they called us enemy, by the way. That was written for uh young adult. That is a young adult title. Um just just wanted to 
talk a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm the only one that's been reading these. Lumberjanes is a really good one as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the beauty, uh, another thing is that comic books in and of themselves tend to have like, uh, kind of like a wide distribution model and that they, they, there's a lot of copies printed. So there's not a lot. And I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong, but mm. you don't see a lot of small runs. You don't see a lot of like niche things in comic books. And there's a lot of things mm. in comic books that just, you know, they're not, they're not going to make your pull list is no. what you're saying. Like yeah, we're yeah. not going to get into these topics that. Yeah. People are going to put on their pull list. I don't want it. To, I don't want a pull list of girls going through menstruation kind of a thing. Right. You're, yeah. not, you're not going to get a lot of these niche topics at your local comic book yeah. shop. And even things like, um, you know, how long did it take to get a book like Faith? You know, yeah. which, is, which what's the what's about the main character? She's fat. Yep. It took us that long She's to a get a fat size. character in a comic book. She's a plus size superhero. Yeah. But. It took a while, and then the and then you know and, and and it came out, and um, I don't know if that came out as a. Did you get that as a monthly comic, or did you get so that as a graphic novel? I got novel? the graphic novel, but I also got the monthlies. Okay. Um, so I started with the monthly, and then I wasn't able to get them quick enough, and then so I got the graphic novel, and then someone I know sent me the rest of the monthlies, so I have them as both. Hmm. So yeah, um, the I was just thinking because we were talking about all of the um, you know, what's not going to make the pull list, um. My nephew loves the Tea Society, uh, sorry, the Tea Dragon Society, which is uh, graphic novels about dragons all named for different kinds of teas, like chamomile and Earl Grey and just Rubis and all these different uh, dragons. And it's absolutely adorable. Um, but like, that's not going to make your pull list. That's mm-hmm. not going to make most people's pull list. Um, getting those faith comics, that was hard enough because, um, unless you had a comic book store that had added that to something that they were going to be pulling in, or you specifically said, this is, I want this on my pull list. Um, and for anybody listening to this and saying, what is she even talking about at a comic book store? You can basically set up the, like a subscription. These are the comics that I am interested in and they will pull them and they'll make sure that they have them there for you and they'll hold them for you. So even if you don't go in the week it comes out, if you come in once every three months, they're going to have a stack of comics for you and you're just going to pay for them. So, um, mm. I, I got an idea. Like, let's go round table here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to recommend one graphic novel, I was about to suggest that. Yeah. We're, you got one. You only get one. What are you going to recommend? Uh, I got one. Go ahead. It's a little bit, a little bit out there. Uh, it's called We Stand on Guard. Okay. Oh. It is. A, it is a collection of a six-run miniseries of comics about. Uh, it's a hundred years in the future. Canada is a, a group of Canadian, the scrappy Canadians are getting together to, to get, defend themselves against a technologically superior enemy, the United States of America. The U.S. has mechs. Canada's got people who know how to survive in the winter <laughs> and it is it's a, a very interesting meditation upon the u.s canada relationship and how precarious it could be for canada if things went wrong so right. that's my suggestion we stand on guard mm. yeah, written by brian k vaughn who also did the saga series yeah, yes he, yeah Oh man. Yeah, I am, you know what? I'm going to have to uh, deep uh, reach deep into the memory bag and pull out an oldie but a goodie, but it was one of these formative pieces of literature in my life. I'm going to have to say Ghost in the Shell. Damn you. 
Um, <laughs> because uh, if altering your brain is as easy as programming a computer, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. It's a story about a cop in the very near future in like a futuristic Tokyo uh, who is hunting, uh, hunting a serial killer that may or may not exist because it may or may not be a computer. Um, it is a wonderful story. Um, it is violent and sexy and uh, was written in the 80s and is, a, is an artifact of the 80s. There's a lot of things in it that haven't aged very well, I'm sure. Uh, but it is a wonderful story and wonderfully deep. And when you're 16, 17 years old and struggling to understand yourself, reading about other people struggling to understand themselves, I don't know, it kind of helped me. And, I, and it taught me about things that I liked and things that I didn't like and taught me a lot of good things while showing me really cool art about really cool tanks with spider legs and big guns and guys with, you know, robots with rabbit ears and all kinds of things. And, oh, no, that's Appleseed. Same guy. Also, part two, Appleseed. Also good. Same story, just they're cops this time. <laughs> I have a hard time with this because it depends on who I'm suggesting it to. Um, like, if you asked me this maybe in the two, the early 2000s, uh, for most people, I would say V for Vendetta because that, that I think is got what got a lot of people into it or Watchmen, but those are like old classics, kind of like old standards. Some people, it would be Saga or Sandman, like those, those really pull people in. Um, I think it really does depend on what you're interested in. Um, we got these for, um, another nibbling, the pneumonia series that is like, absolutely a great like if they're into fantasy and they want to get it oh no we got that for your sister actually uh and they want to get into this because um that's that's what i uh you know thought somebody who really likes fantasy they're going to be interested in this uh paper girls you know that's going to be able to get you know that ya crowd to come in um and this is just me going through and saying all different things for me it was it was Batman. Like Batman's what got me in because I love the Batman comics. So getting in and reading the killing joke and, and, um, Arkham and all of those other things that really pulled me in. Um, my latest absolute love, uh, I think has been the, the Harleen graphic novels. Like I just love them so much. I was going to say the ghost in the shell, but then you took it. Uh-huh. Um, I think another one that, and I mentioned this already that really kind of, changed me in the sense that like changed my perspective um is the max i think that that's also a really yeah the max is so but good. i don't think it's for everyone like for me that works but it's not really for everyone so it's you know it's kind of like uh how do you uh suggest anime for somebody who's not into anime well, you have to know a little bit about them first, right? You say, hi, have you met Jason? <laughs> no, that's not good enough, you know, um, because because he'll just go on and on. And and I know Jason actually will stop there and um, it would 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 ask what are they already interested in. But once you get him starting talking about anime, he'll just talk so much that somebody goes, Oh yeah, that's right. I don't like anime. Um, just because he's too excited. Um, but I think that, uh, it really does depend on what are they interested in. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw out one that I really want to read. Um, and, uh, I haven't read it yet. So I'm going to, I, 
this is not the answer to your question, but this will go to my next question. What is a graphic novel that you haven't read that you really want to read? And for me, we heard about it on the CBC. It's called Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands. And that just sounds fascinating to me. So that is that is my next. And that's a, another Canadian author. Um, it's on my wish list. Uh, abs, you know, everybody, what is, what is it? CBC reads like that's one of their contenders. That right. Then this goes into the whole, is it literature? The fact that a graphic novel is included in CBC reads just says that we're, we're getting, we're getting to that point, you know, or at least certain circles are seeing it that way. Uh, mine. Uh, okay. So something I want to read, we have yeah. it downstairs. I just, I just haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Is um I I I got to read the Watchmen. I, you haven't read that yet? No, I I started and then other you know somebody jingled their keys at me and I got distracted. I guess, but I mean, that happens. I I I, I got to muckle down and read. I love the movie so much, and uh, I know it's a it's an important work, and I know that it's I don't know as a nerd I I kind of owe it to myself to read it. So I mm-hmm. I, I gotta I got I gotta sit down one day and and, and bash it out. Even the, even the series, the TV, uh, the mini, mini series that just came out recently is also very good. Uh, mine for haven't read that I gotta read. Uh, I haven't read Sandman. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I find, uh, I don't know. Neil Game is a little weird sometimes. And, uh, did you watch the TV show that came out? Oh, nope. I'm sorry. I have to correct myself. Mm-hmm. Ducks Two Years in the Oil Sands was not just a contender in Canada reads 2023. The winner. The winner. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah I don't know. Uh, did, uh, yeah. So, uh, back to you, Vox. Did you, uh, did you see the, uh, the, the Sandman TV show that's come out? I, uh, no, I have not. Okay. No, no, me neither. I haven't watched it cause I want to read the graphic novel first. And again, yeah. that's one of those ones. Like I said, I haven't read it. It's I, on everybody's list, right? Everybody everybody's talks list. about how yeah. great it is. And I just, I don't know. I haven't. And I, I enjoyed some of Gaiman's other things. So I don't know what's stopping me, you know? Like it's one of those things. Um, probably the fact that I got the, the Harley Quinn off the TV show graphic novel and I was powering through those. And then now that I finished those, I want to read the lower decks comics, which, you know, I'm not calling those literature. They're definitely not literature. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the other ones hey, the, we're talking about the, are. The lower, the Sorry? lower decks comic is amazing. It's like I'm an sure. episode of the show you haven't but, seen. But I'm, I'm sorry. That's high art. <laughs> That's high, high art. High high art. art. <laughs> it is amazing. They, I, um, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so far, they've spent the entire the entire comic. I'm about halfway through the the lower decks comic. It's, they keep trying to disable the holodeck safety protocols so that they they can recreate that whole Moriarty came alive thing from that episode of the Next Generation. Except they can't get it to work with Moriarty, so they do it with Dracula instead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Moriarty, I think, was specifically hard coded as as to not be allowed to be created by holodecks ever again. Yes, 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 exactly, yes. exactly. So. Oh, and on that note, so uh, uh, Vox was was that yours, Sandman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, why? why? Why do you want to read it? I I, yeah. I totally cut you off and went away. Uh, so, so talk to us about it. It's one of those. Um, I think it's because it's a touchstone in uh, comics and pop culture in general. There's a, there's a few touchstone things that I've just never read. Um, Either uh, because I, at the time I just didn't have access to them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was one of those. It's I'm not going to buy that silly thing for you type of things. Yeah. Um, I 
or it wasn't it, like he didn't have at the time. Again, he didn't have graphic novels in libraries, mm. right? Which I don't. And meanwhile, they had some absolutely weird science fiction books in there that I'm convinced exist, but Goodreads doesn't know. Nobody I've ever read, nobody I've ever uh, talked to about it knows. I could describe the uh, book in detail that I have read, and people are just like, "You don't do drugs, do you?" Huh. No. You seem like it, <laughs> but, um, there's some kind of, it, it's a, it's a cultural touchstone. And that's why I think I should be, I should read it at least once. That's and I, I think the same about, but there's also like, it's a contentious work as well, uh, from a content, from a sometimes contentious author. And I think we should challenge ourselves to read from all manner of perspectives, uh, just so that we can expand our minds, understand why we may not agree with things in a more depth as well. So. Yeah. Uh, while we were talking about this, I just went and bought ducks. So I will be reading it because I, nice. I, I just talking about it made me realize why am I going to miss out on this? I was just going to end up being like Sandman where I keep saying I should read it and then I don't. So there you go. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, I want to know what what is a graphic novel that you would consider literature? Or if you think that we're off our rockers and we are 100% wrong, you can email me respectfully and um, we'll have a conversation about it. Send all hate mail to Sonorous Vox. <laughs> oh, 100%. This I deserve was, all your hate. I will, I will admit the idea for this episode came from an episode of the debaters. I totally have stolen their material. Um, it was inspirational uh, listening to that, just that idea because I had all sorts of things I wanted to say, but that's a comedy program. Like they, everybody was making jokes. So I wanted to talk a little more seriously about it. Um, and I, I was thinking it was really funny that it came from debaters because we used to always say that these kinds of episodes were nutty debate. But I don't think that there was a debate here. I think, no, like I offered this as a, are they literature? And I think we all kind of came to the idea that graphic novels are literature and that any written word story out there that is high art. Yeah. That's literature. So, but I think anybody who would, anybody who would seriously argue the counterpoint mm -hmm. to that, anybody who would argue against graphic novels being literature is such a snob they're so far up their own butt they're not worth listening to or 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 they're in charge of a florida school board <laughs> oh i got if you're in charge of a florida school board yeah. uh well no 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 i'm not gonna say that because uh depends there's a lot Send of educate there's a lot Send of your... educators in florida that do not agree with certain laws that are going yes around. no or, the educators yeah. educators are fantastic mm -hmm. it's the clowns that run the school boards that are the yeah. problem um, or or the other thing is you're either up your own butt because you're a snob or you have a different definition of literature than we do. I was going to say, I think that there's a very much a an area for debate and conversation. And I'm not saying that we're 100 percent right. I'm saying that in this group, the three of us, the way that we were defining literature, we have a consensus. And if somebody has a different idea, I actually am interested in that. It doesn't mean that you're going to change my mind. It doesn't mean that you won't change my mind. I am interested in, you know, legitimate conversation with legitimate arguments. And I think it's important to listen to two sides of the story. Um, I've had a lot of times where I was 100% wrong on something and listening to somebody's argument would let me see their perspective. And that's, that's what the whole world should be about. Um, but you know, we, we definitely have this knee jerk reaction that 
you know, the people that banned mouse from the curriculum. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna have some things to say that the people that tell their students, you can't read books that are too easy for you or too hard, or I'm going to tell you what books you're allowed. Like the idea of I'm going to take books out of a kid's hand. No, if they want to read, just let them read, just let them read. Um, that's, that's like my whole goal in life is to get people reading. So I do an audio format because, <laughs> because it counts. It counts. All readings, reading. All right. Anyway, thanks so much. So if you have some of that feedback, please let us know what are graphic novels that you think are literature. What is your opinion on this? Uh, we would be happy to hear it. You can always email. You can try the different socials. We're not on that X whatever thing anymore, but you can find us. There's the Discord. There's the all the other places. So uh, thanks so much. Bye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. before we go, I want to thank all of the patrons who help support this podcast, help pay for the server fees and make sure that we put out episodes month after month. So thank you so much for all of your support and letting us know that you are listening. Uh, thank you to our top tier, Big Daddy tier. Thank you to the biggest of daddies. Thank you to Jax. And also thank you to Jason and Rich the TT. Next, we want to thank our patrons of the arts, Mark Cabot, Mark the Caffeinated One, Melissa the Bathtub Mermaid, and Susanna. And we also want to thank our other patrons who um, have been here the whole time and are really the lifeblood of this campaign. So thank you to Shane, Selginor, Andy, Cliff, Greg, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, PCAT, Radical Geek, Stephen, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much, everybody. Really appreciate your support. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42.